0: You're listening to the Prison Poetry Workshop Podcast. I'm Ren Smith. Here we present readings, commentary, recordings, and stories about the little known and even less understood literary tradition of prison poetry. On a cool spring evening in Washington, D.C., people crowd into the 14th and V Street's northwest location of Cultural Touchstone Busboys and Poets. The name is a nod to the humble job legendary poet Langston Hughes took to make ends meet. It's an important night. A group of young poets greet family members or nervously go over their material. The event is being thrown by an organization called Free Minds Book Club, it helps D.C. kids who've been tried as adults in the D.C. court system find a voice through poetry. These prodigal sons are about to tell their story through verse, and M.C. pumps up the crowd. When I say spoken, y'all say words spoken. spoken. When I say heard to me. To For D.C. youths who get caught up in the adult system, prison isn't just an experience, it's a journey. Because it's not a full-fledged state, the District of Columbia doesn't maintain prisons. That means anyone with a sentence too long to be served out at the D.C. jail gets shipped off. Kids who might not have ventured outside their neighborhoods can find themselves being transported for hundreds of miles. Family and friends are apt to lack the time or resources to visit. So the young prisoners can end up isolated.
1: And the politicians will tell us that we've got it all backwards, but well, war we'll turned around spells wrong. We've been straight wrong about humanity fighting like barbaric booms as a prison is something primal. We're too broad to sit and watch our own bodies drop the television via mirror. News showing a black boy killed with the same slang, same nose, same lips, same smart chip in his pocket that I have in mine is a
0: And their story starts a few years back. One morning in 1996, Kelly Taylor, working as a reporter for the Australian Broadcasting Bureau in DC, arrived at her desk to find something unusual, a letter from a man sentenced to die. Strangely, Kelly says, just the night before she'd been vegging out, watching a movie called Dead Man Walking.
1: You know, in however many years I'd worked there, I'd never received a letter from a prisoner before.
0: It was an odd coincidence. If you haven't seen Dead Man Walking, about a nun who strikes up a friendship with a man on death row. It was all pretty weird.
1: But this letter told me about, about this young man's background at the time. He was 23 and he was on death row for a crime that he committed when he was 17.
0: That crime was murder. Glenn McGinnis had been convicted of shooting a clerk named Leda Ann Wilkerson while robbing a dry cleaners. Tara Libert, who worked with Kelly at the time she received a letter, notes that poverty, neglect, and abuse led Glenn up to that moment. He'd been in and out of trouble since he was 13.
2: It was um, it's just a tragic case of a young kid who had fallen through every crack there was. I say fell through gaping holes, not cracks. But he was an amazing spirit.
0: Kelly ended up making a documentary about Glenn. It was about the a disparate number of young minority males on America's death rows. And their friendship only grew from there. One thing that helped that along was the discovery that they had a lot in common. Like they both held a deep appreciation for literature and loved to argue a book's faults and merits. Here's Tara again.
2: They both read the same book and talk about it. What did they like? What did they not like about it? Kelly's a huge, avid reader. She's like a speed reader. And then he would write letters, right? Yeah. So basically, and then just regular pen pal, talk about what their interests were, everything.
0: Eventually, Glenn was executed despite pleas from activists who argued he was too young at the time of his arrest. But the experience led Kelly and Tara to form an organization around books for youth in prison the Free Minds Book Club and Writing Workshop. They put together the reading you heard at the top of the show. Kelly and Tara have a network of hundreds of kids reading and writing in prison around the country. Michael Stuckey, now 24, was one of them. But at first, there was one kind of important obstacle to him participating.
2: Me, I didn't like reading. I ain't really like reading.
0: But Free Minds had something working in its favor. Though living behind bars can be, at times, intense, it can also be mind-numbingly boring. The book club and workshop, Michael realized, offered him a way to occupy his time. Besides, it's not like the inmates were stuck reading War and Peace or Ethan Frome or anything. They selected their books by vote, and Michael was very careful about what he voted for.
2: It had to be something that really catch my interest, like some dealing with dance, some dealing with the streets some really, like, some action going on from the beginning of the book to the end of the book. I had to read the back of the book first to see what the book about. If it ain't talking about it, it's doing some, some violence or some, some drug selling, I ain't want to read it.
0: Another alum from the program named Michael Kemp says that the books given to these young men feed into a need to escape. It's freeing and grounding at the same time. Your body could be physically incarcerated,
2: but your mind... You gotta find a way to get your mind free, so that's when the books came into place too, where I might read a book, it was a book I read called Ruined. It was a play, and I never ever read a play before in my life. But I read that book, and it, and it it took place in the Congo, so just reading that book made me feel like I was in the Congo, actually at that moment, just like, dang, I ain't never read nothing like that, and it was so vivid and visual. So it was like just trying to find a way to cope and keep sane.
0: Plays, Free Minds has learned, are a good way to capture a kid's attention. Besides the reader-friendliness of a text that's all dialogue, members of the group get to test out their acting skills, and the plays can act as parables.
1: That's
2: a true actor.
0: In one recent session at the D.C. jail, five young men, ages 16 and 17, sit in a circle with Kelly, Tara, and a parent coordinator named Keela Hale. The group is meeting in the jail's chapel (laughs) giving the gathering an air of the sacred.
1: <laughs> I need some actors. I need two of you guys to read a script. Thank you, Philip. All right. Look, he doesn't even know he's reading. Yep. <laughs> Very nice. I need You're one really... person to be uncle and one person to be Snoop. All right, Philip, who are you gonna be?
0: The workshop is reading Grace After Midnight by oh, Felicia Pearson, please. AKA oh, Snoop. It's That's a memoir about life on the streets you know, and redemption in prison. History. Its author played Snoop on the hit HBO television crime series The Wire, which famously took on ex-offenders as actors. A tall young man will call Philip and another young man with long braids who goes by C act out a scene where Felicia argues with her uncle and mentor about school. Philip plays Felicia and C, her uncle.
1: Girl, look like you haven't smiled in a while. Look like they done turn you mean and in, in here. Why you say that? That's what, that's what they told me. Who told you that? The supervisor said you turned against your class and
0: turned against your teachers. One teacher, that B, has that for me. Felicia's uncle is trying to figure out why she's having such a hard time academically. Felicia claims her teacher is unfairly targeting her.
1: But how you react to the beat is up to you. You can't let her throw you off, or you can't go on your own way. What is that? What way is that? Well, there's only two ways, up or down. And you say I'm going down? You got to check yourself, girl, or you don't got a prayer. You get more bitter by the day, and by the time you look around, you'll be nothing but a crazy, angry being yourself. Just
0: think about what I'm saying.
2: Please round applause for actors. (laughs) Hollywood is next.
0: Discussing the play, C immediately says he relates to Felicia, To her desire to quit school because of her teacher, he knows how that feels. While in jail, he took a chess class and emerged as the group's best player, only to wind up embarrassed when the teacher challenged him to a game and beat him. He wanted to get over the memory.
2: When I was playing chess, it was blowing
0: me out. I quit. I stopped playing for like three weeks. It was my pride. He took it from me. It's hard to imagine C making a vulnerable admission like that outside the context of the group. D.C. Jail can be an aggressive place. It's had problems with inmate stabbings. Like lately, I've been looking at my poor cars. Like, I'm, I'm smart.
2: And for some reason, I, I, I always think, like, like, how did I even get here? When I was younger, I was doing good in school like I'm doing now. But as time like passed, I just started
0: hanging with the wrong crowd. Eventually, the group switches to poetry writing.
1: Okay, so who in here knows what personification is?
0: One guy who goes by JR doesn't really feel like writing, so he advises us about life on the inside. He tells us how, in jail, reading turns out to be a survival skill.
2: When you're reading, you don't know how much time has gone by. Like, you can be reading and think 30 minutes has gone by, but the whole time, an hour has gone by. If you think the book is just amazing, you're gonna be done with the book in about a week. But if you, if you like the book, but you think it's okay, but you'll, it'll
0: probably take you a little longer. But you will finish it, though, because it locked up. You know, I have nothing but time. JR has picked up proficiencies that allow him to navigate incarceration, skills that take discipline and focus. In the outside world, they might translate into a career. His ability to sit down and read, for instance, could prime him for anything. But how does a prisoner chart that course? How does he return home to reclaim a destiny? So I know a lot of you guys have done this before, but if you haven't, we have these feedback sheets. They're on green paper uh, with tips to help you uh, respond to the poems. A lot that's Free Minds Outreach Coordinator, Sarah Mintz. Me, but I really don't this event, called night. Right Night, that's right, W-R-I-T-E, features poems written uh, by Free Minds poem. members who've been shipped from realize, D.C. jails really to prisons really as far away as California. They, they write comments thing. and feedback, um, so and then the poems are sent back. One thing I always recommend is pick out one line that really spoke, spoke to you and say why. Um, so that's a good beginning point. Um, we always ask people to sign their first name only, uh, but do sign your name so they know that other people, that the amount of people that are commenting Several Um, young men from D.C. who have served their sentences and now work with free minds are here. They call themselves poet ambassadors, which means they serve as a bridge between the often misunderstood prison world and those on the outside. They speak with youth in school and prisons and also read poetry. As they line the wall, waiting to speak to the few dozen volunteers here to give feedback, They smile and make eye contact with each other. There's clearly an understanding among them. They know the emotion behind the poem sitting in front of everyone. Eventually, one ambassador named Andre Gregory steps forward to read a young inmate's poem. It's called Runaway Clock.
1: It's basically in reference to the many years a person might take for granted not doing anything productive, just letting the time pass you by. And just yesterday it seems I was a child experiencing fun. Rude awakening to responsibilities of an adult that's 21. Being a kid is wonderful, yet I did believe the hype. Now that I'm grown, I dread reality, classified the immature type. Every second counts when indulged in a race. Time is of the essence, which prefers the fast pace. The day welcomes the moon, as the sun retires the night. 24 hours quickly vanishes right before your sight. In need of a stopwatch to put life on hold. From losing teeth to going gray, the swift approach to getting old. Cherish good moments, be sure to make them last. Months transform the years as memories come to pass. Thoughts clouded by anger as our plot revenge to a rock. The task at hand is to destroy the life of the runaway clock.
0: <laughs> Andre goes on to talk about what right night actually meant to him. Well, right when he was a teenager, me, locked up in prison in um, North Dakota,
1: I spent my last six months of incarceration in solitary confinement. That's been locked up 23 hours and only out for an hour. So, from getting the the um the constructive criticism and like the encouragement back from um the comments on Right Night, like in a sense that really like inspired me to keep writing. I developed like I guess you could say in a sort, like a, a fan base.
0: At the time Andre went into D.C. jail in 2005, he had trouble because there were no educational programs other than free minds, something that's changed since.
1: There was basically, like, too much unproductive time. We just, wasn't any schooling, no type of educational programs, nothing for us to do, just sit around in the heat, being as though D.C. jail didn't have any air. And it's basically,
0: like, fight each other. The kids were mixed in from rival neighborhoods, so that was one issue. But D.C. also gets very hot and humid in the summer.
1: And that has the tension and animosity so thick that it's not even funny. Like, I mean, to the point where they bring ice up, like, to all the blocks, but, I mean, it's only so long ice going to last.
0: Andre called his mother to complain about it, and soon enough, fans showed up. His mom, Pamela Cruz, credits Andre. The warden called me one day and asked me
1: a question, what is my son doing there? So that's really how I um, got a rapport with her, um, because she wanted him to speak to the mayor on behalf of the juveniles at the prison and their concerns. So I just expressed to her some of my son's
0: concerns that he had talked to me about. Andre, like many of the Free Minds poet ambassadors, soon found poetry to be a good outlet. Michael Kemp, who we heard from earlier, says poetry and music brought life to the prison cells he once occupied. They started with the beat, like... "Mm." Rapping. And soon,
2: the prisoners would have a song. Put the chorus to it, first, run the chorus back, first, and then the bridge. And I'm like, whoa, these dudes really just made a real-life song off the table with a beat, playing in the background like somebody else sung it, and they made a the song. So that's why I wrote my first song with a hook.
0: Even in prisons where they didn't have cellmates, Michael says he found ways to pass around poems and songs. And they used to have, like, a slit
2: in the wall, and we used to call it the internet. So you can put, you can like slide, like, say if I was smoking or something, or anything, I might fold a piece of paper up just like this, and I put the uh, the cigarette or whatever I want to put on there, and I slide it through the wall of the internet so it'll get to over there. So you can see each other and everything like a little slit. And I just like, hey man, I got a new song, man,
0: listen to this and tell me how it sounds. Poetry is equally as important to the young men behind bars. One of Michael's favorites is by a current Free Minds member still locked away. It's called, straightforwardly enough, poetry. Poetry is a way of expression. Where
2: words are brought to life from the depths of one's soul. Poetry is transforming words into feelings, whether love or hate. Poetry is transforming the atmosphere of a room just by the use of selected words. Poetry is your words and emotions getting lost in the ink as it hits the paper. Poetry is your words and emotions getting lost in the air as it disappears like vapor but lingers like smoke. I hope no one chokes because the truth has a tendency to poke. Poetry is your words and emotions breaking the silence of a room, leaving everyone so attentively silent that you can hear the dripping of water hitting the floor from a teaspoon. Poetry is that something that's so strong that you not only hear it, but you see it and feel it because poetry is the voice that speaks from the spirit. Poetry is nothing more than a simple form of art waiting to be formed on a canvas by an artist.
0: Poetry. That's Michael Kemp in Washington, D.C., I'm Ren Smith We'll be back next week with more prison poetry To find out how you can lend your voice to our poetry archive go to prisonpoetryworkshop.org